Thanks for taking time to engage with the Open Life Talks, whether you're watching online or using the Open Life Church app, or maybe you're listening on iTunes. We understand that life can be overwhelming, but we found that a growing relationship with Jesus truly brings life and peace of mind. And so this talk that you're about to listen to or watch is our Back to School Sunday talk. And so we took time to honor those teachers and educators that are part of the school district surrounding Open Life. And so we hope you enjoy as you watch or listen today's talk. Welcome today on this Back to School Sunday, and I am pumped that uh, you're able to make it, if you, especially if you work with students. We're grateful and thankful for the impact you make. And uh, so today we have a special talk for all of us, but specifically for you. And I want to jump right into a text that really illustrates the value of appreciation. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 through 18 says this, and, and I'm going to read this time from the New International Version translation, kind of a phrase-for-phrase phrase accurate translation of the Bible. It says, you know that the household of Stephanas were the first converts in uh, anyway, so, you know, uh, these are fun names. And they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you, brothers, to submit to such as these and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achicus, however you pronounce that, sounds like I just, anyway, uh, because they have supplied what was lacking from you, they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. All that in there to get to that final, final sentence. That for they refresh my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Today we come together to be refreshed as, as we are every week. Like we come and there's just something about reading text from the Bible that not only instructs us, equips us, but it refreshes us to understand. Man, life is overwhelming. And it can come at us. It's either overwhelmingly amazing at times or overwhelming at times. And the weight is real. But we can come together and we could jump in to this plan for life to the full and achieve this thing that so many are seeking after, peace of mind, through a growing relationship with Jesus. We have this benefit. And that's what... Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achicus, however you pronounce his name, uh, they were carriers of this flow of life, if you will. And they brought it to the church of Corinth, the people of Corinth, and made a deep impact, so much so that it's very rare to be named in the Bible, but they're named as just encouragers, as refreshers of people as those who brought fresh life, and they helped those around them flourish. And that's what we're looking at today. Special today is the opportunity to identify those who deserve recognition in working in the field of education in any realm, coaches, teachers, food service, building service, um, school boards, principals, administration. There's so many roles to raise up the next generation. 
and you look at this impact that is being made, and I believe at the end of this year, people will look back on those who are making an impact on their life and say they were the ones, these who poured their days in from September to June, gratefully not into July, because everybody's gone back to work. Anyway, almost everybody. But it's like, you know, from, these guys are pouring into us and they have refreshed our spirit. They are the ones who deserve recognition. Another translation of this same final verse, 1 Corinthians 16, 18, and it's what we read most of our passages from, New Living Translation. It's more like paragraph to paragraph accurate in translation. It's just a different way of taking the original language to the English. It says this, they have been a wonderful encouragement to me as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve well. To all who serve so well. And that's what we want to appreciate you today. We want to appreciate those of you who serve so well and really challenge you. It's good to pause and show appreciation and honor where honor is due and just appreciate you for your work with students. And really all of you for your work with people around you, your neighbors, your work. So it applies to all but specifically our educators today. And I just want to say three words that encouraged my son this week when, when he was playing a, a game, Fortnite. Anyway, he's playing a game that we won't mention. And, uh, and he was like in this battle and there was a bunch of people in it with him. I don't really understand what he's doing at the time. But somebody told him, when he was the only one left alive in this game, you got this. And he didn't know these people, and then we had this stranger danger talk. But anyway, somebody told him, you got this, and it like brought courage to him. And if we could do anything today is just to, to look forward at this year and say, you got this. Like seriously, you can do this. Thank you for your devotion. Thank you for the impact you make on this community. Let's pause and then challenge us to pursue it in such an intentional way today. So while we're taking the time to honor those who labor in education or coaching or whatever it is with our youth, uh, let's all be challenged by the principles today because the fruit of our future flows through you. And that's our big idea today. The fruit of our future. So where do we get this thought? The fruit of our future flows through you. There's this Old Testament text in the Bible. This prophet, which meant he would like see visions and often say things that were from God for people. He used people as spokesmen. His name was Ezekiel. And we're going to go to Ezekiel 47 in a second. But this prophet had been receiving visions from God of, of the holy temple in Jerusalem. And, these, and he was just having visions of what was going to come and the vision that he could pursue. And, uh, and so it was intriguing as he began to look at, at, at this plan God was laying out for him. He eventually gets to Ezekiel 47 and gets a really interesting vision that I think applies for today's talk. It says in verse 1, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway 
led me around to the eastern entrance, and there I could see the water flowing out from the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took along, took me along the stream for 1,750 feet, and then led me across. The water was to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet, led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? In other words, have you been paying attention or getting this illustration that I am showing you and understanding the meaning so far? He goes on, he says, then he led me back along the riverbank, and when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, the river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. If you want your life and the lives of those around you to flourish, we've got three helpful thoughts for you today from this text. First, find the source. In this vision, Ezekiel's vision, the source was right from the altar. What does this mean? Because it, it has a meaning, right? This place was the place in the Old Testament. The altar was where God would manifest his presence. Like people would meet with God and, and specifically priests and, and those who had been trained to have the honor and be holy enough to meet with God. Well, so this altar is a representation then of Jesus, Jesus was God sending his son so that we could meet and have the grace and mercy so that we could approach Jesus, the son of God, in the flesh and be forgiven of sins like people would approach the altar and be forgiven of sins in the Old Testament. Jesus even said this. He shared this statement that parallels this vision hundreds of years later. He said in John 4:14, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life, he said in a conversation with a woman at a well who was living in adultery with multiple people in a community. He loved people so much it didn't matter, matter their current scenario. He wanted them to know life could flow through them. He said again in John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
He's the source of the flow of water. And when you get in, you could get into a really interesting debate on this passage in Ezekiel 47 and say, well, this is a, 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 an intent of the future geographical reality of the area. And, you know, it's really dry. So it'd be interesting if water actually flowed from the four existing streams of this community into one big stream and then the water go. And there's some commentaries I read that like 15 pages later, I was like, wow, that was Awesome, but I have no idea what that means. And then uh, the reality of, they say, but most likely what this passage is talking about is Ezekiel's vision is experiencing a vision of symbolism, not actualism. It's symbolizing the power of what can happen in you and me when we encounter Jesus and take this flow of water out from the church and the impact we can make in the lives of those around us. It's an imagery of Jesus rising up and being the way, the truth, and the life. This bubbling out water from our lives because we've met Jesus. We've heard about Jesus. We've encountered Jesus. And we start to grow in this thing called the gospel. That God would send his son so that we could have life now. But also this promise through faith that Jesus is the Son of God of eternal life. So it's like living life to the full, this abundant, overflowing life could exist. We could truly live. And all this hope and life is in Jesus, the source. And it's also imagery, funny enough, and we're not going to dive into it today, but you can read in Revelation, there's this moment where John, the author of this final book of the Bible, is caught up in the presence of God and sees the very same vision in the new heavens. Like this picture of heaven and the earth transformed, and it's, it's this beautiful imagery of the same river and life. It's really crazy how God does that. So the thing we must grasp today is the source of life starts off with Jesus. But with Jesus, life can take on such power, which is what he's like, are you listening? Are you paying attention? And he takes him across the river once. It's like an ankle deep. And then he takes him across the river again, and it's knee deep. And takes him across. Well, it was a stream still. And then it becomes kind of a river. It's waist deep. And then it's so deep that he could swim and couldn't walk across it. And you go... This is the power of our life when we're on mission or on purpose, this higher purpose that God has for us to bring a flow of life to the world around us. It's an incredible vision. You know you're much more than teachers or coaches or principals. You're a life source. God's got a plan for you to transform if it's even, you've, you know this, you've had that student or that family across from you and you've known, I just changed their life. You sense there's something flowing through you that's higher than you because their course was shifted. A chapter closed and a new one is starting to be written. That's the power of what can happen through you. John 7 says this. Jesus has this moment. It says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty, 
may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. All this imagery connected so that you realize from you as a follower of Jesus, if you make that choice to put your faith in Jesus, all of a sudden there is something that can flow through you in a greater purpose than you've ever fathomed possible before. Beyond education, beyond a meal you're serving, beyond a sport you're coaching, beyond a curriculum you're selecting, beyond the administrative plan or a new contract you're negotiating or any of these things that you are laboring for, there's a flow from your heart that God is desiring to impact families in this community with. And thank you for opening your heart for that. Thought two, your presence brings fresh life. It's literally wherever this water flows, right? Let me read it again. He said to me, or he asked me, have you been watching Son of Man? Then he led me along the riverbank, and when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the dead fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever this water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea for its waters have become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. You are much more than a teacher. Much more you're a source of life. Wherever you go, the school will be different. The field will be different. The course will be different. Whatever your place of service is in the educational world, Jesus has you carrying a living, breathing life in you through the Holy Spirit. It's kind of crazy to think. You're bringing dead things to life. And you could sense that. I mean, you're bringing refreshing and purity into some pretty painful lives at times. My wife is a teacher, early K teacher, Mountain Meadow Elementary, and and she did all of her like one-on-ones with families this week. And, and there's some tough scenarios in families. So I always say, is there anything I need to know? And the, the things that are shared. And she says, she can come home some years broken for these families of what they're going through. It cannot, sometimes it's not easy. And you look at the realities. I mean, you're comforting a mother living in a certain situation or a, a child who's hungry when they come to school or, you know, encouraging sometimes peer-to-peer those who are struggling at home, educators that have rough marriages happening or scenarios that in their living situation that you're serving and, and what's going to happen. All of a sudden, when you bring life and fresh life, you're that person, then all of a sudden... It says here, like swarms of people will abound around you. And you might go, man, I just feel like it's overwhelming. So many people coming to me. Why are they coming to you? Because swarms of living things start to surround you. God has you there to bring fresh life. So, of course, those who need that, their salty waters turned fresh and pure, are going to find their way to you. All of a sudden, kids will abound, families will be blessed, administrators will love what is happening in your circle. You're like, Thad, come on, seriously. Have you walked 
through a middle school or high school hallway and seen how hard it is right now in this community? Have you witnessed the language? Have you seen the bullying or the evil, the sexuality, the darkness and confusion, the stress, the depression? Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I have. I actually love to do it. I actually am impassioned by going to the schools and serving them and whatever way possible open life can and, and being that, that voice in youth forums and, and encouraging them as communities come together and being MCs for events for teachers and community leaders and doing that during school, after school, where, however. Why? Well, it's because of what I see. When I go into a, a school, I see water. I see water that's in need of life, that's in need of, of fresh life, and, and it's an honor to go and, and, and serve unconditionally, no strings attached, because that water will become fresh. So we have this opportunity to go and then pray later and, and, you know, not in the middle of a school. Hey, excuse me, I'm just a guest today, and I'm, I'm going to pray for the school right now that this water will become fresh. I'm talking to you making out in the corner, and you guys over there, I just heard the language you used. We're going to bless you in a second. No, I don't do that. That would be illegal. But uh, do have the opportunity to go in and, and even speak at assemblies and, and just share life. God takes care of the rest. Just bring fresh life in. And they're just like, wow, that was so uplifting. And I just, oh my goodness. And you're like, because it's God. That's what he does. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. I love praying for our schools. And it's an honor to serve our schools. It's an honor to have principles here that we get to serve. Liberty Ridge Elementary, Jelena, glad you're here today. It's unbelievable. But as followers of Jesus, we have to grasp, you're taking with you a flow that's greater than you. It's not in the words you speak or the posters you hang on your walls as a teacher. It's not in the bracelet you wear or the t-shirt design. It's in you. Like you are the bearer of this pure flow that will impact people and draw people to you and just expect that life transformation is going to occur. And when you do life with one another, uniting those who follow Jesus, you're going to go from a shallow stream to a knee-deep stream. I love hearing stories of staff praying together for their schools. I love it when I hear of schools being prayed over by people, and you just go, man, that takes it from knee deep to, to waist deep. And there's people being prayed over, teachers being prayed over, principals being prayed over. What that does is it takes it from waist deep to so deep you can't swim. Because God just begins to move above and beyond what all the skill in this world could do. And it's very beautiful. So this angel shows Ezekiel this vision to say, with God, we can bring transforming flow that increases and transforms an entire community, a context, and a future. All of a sudden, there's fresh life on the banks. Trees are bearing fruit in every season. I mean, these are just images of life. 
So the source is Jesus. The flow is carried by you wherever you go. Those are two very intentional decisions to choose Jesus and to choose to be a carrier of that flow, the source. And then you'll live with this intent that's our final thought, thought three today. And this intent to own the moments. Bob Goff says, people don't follow vision, they follow availability. Loving people the way Jesus did means living a life filled with constant interruptions. Take the calls, interrupt your days, be excessively available, and you'll be just like Jesus. I mean, I, that angel telling Ezekiel, you paying attention? You're still with me. He's wanting to make sure, Ezekiel, are you checked into this vision right now? Are you owning this moment right now? Because I'm showing you something that's going to go way beyond your days. And we're having the opportunity right now as well, day in and day out, to notice the moments around us that we can either miss or find incredible meaning through. And I want to read an, a segment from a book uh, by Carl Lentz. And he writes a book called Own the Moment. So, uh, uh, fitting for this point. But he writes in it, what if I told you that simply doing what is in your heart right now, even little decisions can open up far more doors than you ever realized. I took one lesson from a grieving mother for me, or it took one lesson from a grieving mother for me to graduate into the life, this life and never look back. I'm sure you have been there. You catch a fleeting feeling, an idea, maybe it is to write a song or brainstorm on an idea you have had percolating, but you put it off and think, I'll get to that for sure later. And maybe it's even something smaller like the urge to encourage a friend, but you think, ah, they're fine. I don't want to bother them. And you'll fill your pockets with good intentions until there's no more room. This used to happen to me all the time, Carl writes. Whether the barrier was fear or busyness, I would sense a moment and watch it fly by, except for the day I had the idea to text Kim Simpson. So who's Kim Simpson? I'm going to fast forward through a few pages of this story. Kim was the mother of Will. A high school friend of Carl's shows up in his church four rows in that he sees one time and he had just got out of prison for some drug-related offenses. Shows up in church and, and Will and him connect and begin to build friendships and he loved the fact that Will was bringing other people who come out of jail as, as his friends, and there was just this great life, new life happening in people. And he had the honor of being Will's sponsor. And he would be able to share this, this love and encouragement with Will, and any time Will needed Carl, he could call him. But one day Carl was spent at the end of his day. And he decided, you know what, I'm just going to tune everything out. I'm going to turn off the phone, go to sleep, catch some extra Z's, and refresh. Well, that night Will called. 
and got no answer. His baby wouldn't go to sleep. He was stressing him out. He was freaking out. Didn't know what to do. So he went and bought some heroin. That night, a bad dose of heroin was dealt in their community. And 10 people died from it. Will got a dose of that same cut. When Carl turns on his phone the next morning, there's a message from Kim. Can you come to the hospital? It's Will. Made his way to the hospital and prayed a final prayer over Will before he passed away. Carl was devastated that he turned his phone off and didn't get the call. He's not a savior. He admits that in the book. He's like, I'm not a savior, but what if? The what if thought is a human thought. We're always going to have it. What moment existed there that he missed? And a life gone. Let me read you the rest. It took me a really long time to forgive myself and to not get over Will passing away, but to get through it the best I could. I did not know then that I would be in this position many more times in the future. But I chose then to do what I could do, always. Don't think about a friend in need. Call a friend in need. Not send good vibes to those I love, but actually call and send words of thanks. It's impossible to do it all, but it's very possible to do little. And a little adds up. Five years later, I went to text somebody whose name starts with a K. And instead, the name Kim Simpson came up on the autotype. For whatever reasons, my eyes welled up with tears. And I had a moment to remember Will. And I thought, I should text Kim and tell her I love her. That I'm thinking of her. And then all the normal excuses started to cloud the initial thought. She's busy. It's been too long since I've texted. It'd be weird now. It's insensitive to have a, a little contact as you have had. Just pray for her. But my own the moment Occupy My Street conviction won out. And that's what happens when you lock onto a, a conviction for long enough. It overrides whatever feeling wants to steer you another way. So I sent the text. This is the text. Kim, I love you. Thinking of you today, I miss Will. And I'm grateful that I got to know him and still know him. Have the best day. Love, Carl. Within minutes, she replied back. Carl, you have no idea how much this means to me. Today is Will's birthday. He's been gone for a while now. I'm not sure many of his friends even knew his birthday. And I was struggling with the feeling that he's forgotten. This text on this day matters more than you will ever know. He goes on, I had no idea. I was elated that in God's grace, the timing was so powerful. I was also convicted to my core that there was a good chance that there had been many moments like that, which I could have been a part of, but I allowed them to slip through my fingers. I revowed, re-upped that day to remember to do what I can do. 
If a mom who I love found a little bit of gold in that form of a very unspectacular text from a distant friend, how much gold might there be for us to find in life, in others, should we choose to look and own the moment? Will you own the moments? Like, that's just a question as educators, as teachers, when you're noticing something in that student and you know it's going to be inconvenient if you pause and take a moment, but will you own the moment and find out what is it? Like, no, what's going on? Oh, that we could have the time to do that in education all the time, right? That there's, oh, yeah, I only have one student. It's easy, one-on-one. But what if you could own the moment for a family? What if God would use you in a certain time of grace that somebody needed so desperately? And you're like, that's right. Where this water flows, fresh life will come. And you own that conviction. You realize your purpose is way higher than you. I'm praying for incredible boldness in you so that you can live beyond yourself. It won't be easy. In fact, often those stories that are most powerful in our lives are incredibly painful at the time. There may be resistance. People might put up a wall when they realize you really care because they just have not been loved unconditionally before. And I think you have agendas. But Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired and doing good says, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So keep loving. Keep taking those moments. Listen to that small voice that says, don't make an excuse this time. Send the message. Don't make an excuse this time. Own the moment. Our action thought this week, let fresh life flow through you. And for you to do that, maybe you're going to have to make a decision to follow Jesus so that you have have access to that flow, if you will. Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I think sometimes we don't spend ourselves investing in others because we're afraid we'll be spent. It's not how it works. Give, and it comes back to you. Way bigger than you could have ever thought. It actually gives meaning to life. And I want to take a moment, speaking of owning the moment, and pray over our educators today, those of you that are in education. Jaden will tell you about a gift we have for you, and then the rest of you, we have a special surprise gift for you afterwards too. But, uh, man, can we take a moment and pray for your year? And so I'm going to trip your weird meter here, if it's okay. Um, And just if you work with students, if you're on a school board or a principal or a coach, could you stand today so we know who we're praying for? Because you're our honored guests today. You're the ones that are making an impact um, in students' lives, in the life of young people. And we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the impact you're making. Thank you for the transformation that's coming through you into the lives of others. 
And uh, so I want to take a moment and pray for you. You can remain awkwardly standing if that's cool while we pray. And uh, Lord, I thank you for those that are standing here today. And I pray for their year. Lord, I pray for these schools represented. I pray for the students represented in each person standing and the staff represented that they lead and the teams that they're a part of and that fresh life would flow through them. That God, you will use them to have a moment in the lives of families, students, um, other teachers that would be life-giving, transformational moments that they could have never done on their own power or strength. God, I pray that you will use their lives this year greater than they've ever imagined possible. And God, I pray for those that have yet to have a personal encounter with Jesus. That's the source. So Lord, if we have yet to make a decision to follow you and we're sitting here in this room, standing in this room, we invite you into our life. You're the source of life, and this flow is greater above and beyond us. I pray that, Lord, you will flow through us and that we will be a pure vessel for you to flow through and bring fresh life into this community. Thank you for these. Working with students, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated so that I don't make you stand through a song the worship team's gonna do. And I want you to turn that Connect card over or open it on your device and respond to today's talk. Maybe for you, you're making a decision to follow Jesus and you're gonna check that box. Or for you, you're realizing, man, I need to move ahead in my faith, be baptized next Sunday. Or I need to take this flow out and I've been feeling this nudge that I need to respond. And, and whatever prayer request or response you have, just write it there. We're gonna be praying for you this year who are working with students and continuing to fan into flame this gift, this calling you've answered. We believe in you. Jaden will come close us out, but the worship team is going to sing here for you. Well, we hope you were encouraged by today's talk. If you're watching through the Open Life Church app or listening on there, you can always fill out a Connect card. Let us know that you're here, and we'd love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. If not, if you're listening through iTunes, then you can always go to openlife.church and fill out a Connect card there as well. So we just want to thank you for being part of Open Life through media, and so we hope you have a good rest of your day. Thanks for being here.